you come in, you have a good time. Hopefully you'll meet someone that changes your, your minds on an LGBT person, especially a trans person. And then you leave and you have that conversation with your significant other or a family member and it opens your eyes to something differently. Welcome to Better Together with Kosti Epifonsev, a podcast on parenting, business, and living life intentionally. We're here every week to bring you thoughtful conversation on making your own path to success, challenging the status quo, and finding all the ways we're better together. Here's your host, Kosti Epifonsev. Hey, y'all. This is Costa, and today I'm here with my guest, Wendy McCown-Williams. Today, we're talking about being a queen and everything in between. Wendy is the owner of Club Temptation LGBT Bar, owner of Painted by Wendy Cosmetics, and newly appointed commissioner for Putnam County Board of Elections. Wendy is a seasoned drag entertainer who's been wowing us with her beauty, talent, and charm for over 25 years. A Southern gal at heart, Wendy grew up in Western Kentucky, but after moving all over the United States, has settled back in Middle Tennessee to continue her work as an entertainer, an influencer, and most importantly, as an inspiration. Wendy, I'm so grateful to talk with you today. Not many people can say that they own the only drag bar in a small southern town while working simultaneously to break boundaries and norms in local government. So this is truly an honor. I know you give so many people hope and inspiration, including me. So thank you for everything that you do. If I can just ask you one question and on a little bit of a lighter note, do you ever get any sleep? No, there's no sleep because I have 400 hats that I wear. So my grandmother, my great grandmother who helped raise me used to say that once you accomplish everything, you can sleep when you're dead. So it's kind of what I do. I don't really have a sleep pattern between working in clubs and then now doing the commissioner work, doing the shipping and the marketing and the website for painting by Wendy Cosmetics. And then the bar takes a lot of time. So no, no sleep. (laughs) I love that. No, I hear you. Wendy, since I have you with me, can I ask you something that I think people can be a little coy to talk about? What's your preferred pronouns? And is that a taboo question to ask in everyday conversation? For radio, it would be not because if you hear this, I definitely have a deeper voice. I was genetically born male, so she is how I live. But in every day, I think it has become a movement, I guess, of the younger generation that that's a common courtesy. I'm under the age group where we present ourselves. You know, I've uh, done everything from my hormones to my surgeries to present away. So I would hope that when people saw me, that all the work that I put into it would assume that it's she. So I don't get offended by it. I, I mean, I hope that they would use she, but I mean, it's like a new thing for the kids to do. So I guess that they're just asking everybody what their pronouns are. Right. I would just assume that you go by the how you present yourself. I agree. Very good. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey? journey of self-discovery and of acceptance. So I actually grew up in eastern Kentucky in a little city called Pikeville. When I say I'm from Pikeville, people are like, oh, Tennessee. No, it's eastern Kentucky. My family come from the coal fields below poverty level. Um, My mom had me at 17 years old. Then I had my sister at 18. Um, She was a stay-at-home at mom. My dad went to the army, was a military policeman, was injured, came home, turned to alcohol because that was the career that he wanted and ended up drinking and working in the coal mines. 
in middle school, I moved in with my great grandmother and she helped raise me. Then I went to college, got a degree in marketing and communications, then moved to Cincinnati. And then that's kind of when the discovery of Shane versus Wendy started. I always knew from three, four years old that there was something different. Uh, First, I thought it was my sexuality. The very first time that I had a relationship with a guy, it just still didn't feel right. So I blamed it on the religious upbringing, like, you know, because I was taught from a year early age that homosexuality was wrong and I was going to go to hell. And when you come from an area that you're isolated and also for the listeners understand, um, I'm 47. So there was no internet. There was no representation of gay people on television. So I didn't have anything to figure out what was going on and experiment, which I did in college. So it wasn't until drag kind of came into my life. And then once I started performing as Wendy, things just started clicking emotionally and physically. Everything just started coming together. I was living in Cincinnati, met two transgender women that were older than me. They took me to a psychologist and a psychiatrist and I started hormones and then transitioned in the late 90s. And then by then, of course, the internet, there was more trans representation, which was mostly in the adult industry, but you still had some kind of representation of what trans people were. And then I started my surgeries in early 2000. And then it just kind of has went on from there. And I've lived as Wendy for 20 years. But if it hadn't been for my upbringing, I don't think a lot of the way that I am now, as far as the way I handle business and life and friends and relationships all became coming from Eastern Kentucky. I know from my experience growing up in the South as an immigrant, it it wasn't always easy. Uh, And sometimes I felt out of place and really more than anything else, I just wanted to fit in and I wanted to assimilate, essentially. Can you share a little bit of your experience and if you could tell your younger self one thing, what would that be? I think there's two different lessons here. First, my experience as a, quote, gay person is totally different than my experience as a trans woman. I can't speak what it's like to be a gay male because I only lived that lifestyle very limited time before I transitioning. So I don't know what it would be like for a, a gay guy to talk about his lifestyle of me transitioning. Um, I didn't have the luxury of transitioning at an early age. So I had to go through the public eye of transitioning at, in my late 20s, um, which is a lot harder to do. I also came from a generation where we didn't refer to ourselves as trans until we were actually living and walking the walk as a trans person. Whereas today you have a group of individuals, they'll say, oh, I'm trans. And meanwhile, still living the, the way they were birth and then wonder why people are misgendering them or don't understand what it's like to be trans. I didn't have that luxury of things. So it was extremely difficult. I worked for the IRS. When I started transitioning, they made it completely very difficult on me. There was no HR book on how to handle someone transitioning. You know, I couldn't use the women's bathroom. I would show up to work dressed as a woman and they just didn't know what to do. So they just gave me an easy out and I took the out. And then for another podcast, we can tell you, I turned to sex work because that's all that was around for transgendered people at the time. I had a degree, but I couldn't get a job presenting the way I did. I was still in you know Ohio. And there was no way to change your license to female. The opportunities weren't there. So I turned to what I could do. And that gave me an out in order to financially pay to transition and the legalities of getting my name changed and, and doing those things. And that was a blessing in my life because then I was able to pass a little bit better and it made my life a lot easier. Now, young trans people are being able... Well, unless you're in Tennessee, because now we have laws that are uh, pending on that. But, you know, now trans people are able to get health care at a much younger age, transition, do the things that was not available for me then. So trying to figure out your sexuality, doing it. 
point in front of people at a later age, just trying to live as a, as a person, it was extremely hard and difficult. Sure. It's got to be tough. Uh, we talk a lot about the gay community and what they had to go through. And it seems like now the transgender community are going through that. And I'm confident that if we were able to get it right and bring everybody together with regards to the gay community, that we're going to also be able to do the same thing with the transgender. The governor of Arkansas, even you know a Republican, he voted against some of the bills that his legislature was putting forth that was going to restrict the ability for kids that were transitioning or teenagers that were transitioning to have access to that hormone therapy. So I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And like you said, it's it's only getting better from here. So I think that's the positive that we can take away from that. I'm curious, you know, through all of that, how did you start working in the LGBT entertainment industry? Well, gay bars have always been the backbone of the gay community. I mean, it's the safe haven for many young individuals to go to. I say meaning not all don't have relationships with their biological families. They go to these bars and find their families. They find people that are like them. For me, it was like walking into like a utopia. There was people that were like me that had the same stories. You know, it's like a family. And then getting into drag is what helped me discover what was going on with me. Like I said, I tried the whole gay thing and it just still felt wrong to me. And then I went back to religion and prayed and done everything that I could, you know, and it just still that was not an answer. Started performing and I've just been blessed that even after transitioning because trans women still do drag, go do your history on Stonewall. I mean, it was a trans individual that start the LGBT movement. So it's just kind of been my home and it's just it's something I can go back to and then it just made sense that even when I got into other forms of work even after I took a break I always am back in there because it's just what's comfortable for me what is something that you wish straight people knew about the LGBT community top three things so I'll speak from the trans side again LGBT is such a huge umbrella so I can't speak for lesbians or gay men or the bisexuals or whatever you know they add a new letter every day so I don't you know the whole umbrella just use the umbrella. From the trans side, I think that it would be important to understand, number one, the biggest misconception are men that are into trans women. I'm talking about trans women that are presenting as female, living as female, identify as straight. I know that's the genitals usually are not the first part of a conversation. You know, we usually find our attraction by the way someone looks and then you get to know them and then everything else falls in. Even my mother, she'll say, oh, he's cute. Talking about like a little gay guy from the bar. You should. I'm like, mom, he's not into women. And then she'll just kind of look at me I'm like you do understand that they're not into that you know I'm every I'm everything that they don't want you know <laughs> so that would be the thing and then I think the other thing too especially on the transgender side especially with all the the laws that are going into things I have done everything possible to live my life as Wendy when I go to a restroom I'm going to use the bathroom wash my hands and leave there's no ulterior motives to that I'm not trying to do anything that I shouldn't do I've been very blessed that when I go in the restroom, no one's stopping and trying to figure out what I'm doing. Most people that go in the bathroom are not really paying attention. So that's in their perverted mindset, not mine. So those people that have those thoughts, maybe there's things that they should talk to their psychologist about because that's not realistically what's happening in the trans community. And then not all trans
trans people have the same beliefs as each other, just like your, you and your neighbor could have totally different things. You know, I have opinions about trans youth and hormones. I have opinions about trans youth when it comes to sports. And I also have a different political, you know, I consider myself a moderate Democrat, but I also, when it comes to immigration or issues like that, I, I, I'm able to go across the fence. So I just don't think that people think that our community as a whole are just having these secret meetings in barns in Putnam County and trying to push a horrible agenda against the religious and their, you know, I believe in God. I say my prayers to everything. The next thing, the only thing different is I happen to be born genetically male and I transitioned and that's the only thing different. And I think if they got to know me, they wouldn't see that. We talked about some of the struggles and inconveniences of conservative America. How do you deal with people who disagree with you that, you know, may dislike you or may dislike your business? Shockingly, Putnam County has opened my eyes to some things. And I'll say this. My bar, even though when I first opened it, I still bill it as an LGBT bar because that's what it was and it's what it is. It'll always be a safe haven for the LGBT community to feel and feel comfortable. They'll never have to go in and worry about any of those issues. However, on the same note, it's primarily when I say straight, I'm going to put those in quotation marks because I think, again, sexuality is an umbrella. It's primarily the straight community here in Putnam County that keeps the doors open. It's the couples that come. It's the bachelorette parties. It's the women dragging their husbands out to their first drag show. That's what the bar has become. It's become a place for entertainment, playing pool, a little bit of bar food, and just to get away from all the noise that we have going on around us. I think that no matter what your gender, your affiliation, your political views, right now we're in a big funnel of noise. And when you go in there at the beginning of the show, the first thing to say is, I don't care if you're gay, straight, bi, and or other, Democrat, Republican. We leave that at the door. You come in, you have a good time. Hopefully you'll meet someone that changes your minds on an LGBT person, especially a trans person. And then you leave and you have that conversation with your significant other or a family member. And it opens your eyes to something differently. And if it don't, then at least for a couple hours while you're there, you're having a good time and all that noise is muted just for a few moments. And that's all I can do. Yeah. You get to unplug right. and just have a good time. I love that. I've been to Temptation with my wife. I had an excellent time. A group of our friends went. And, you know, I know this question will probably have a few answers, but what is the most rewarding part of working in drag and in the LGBT entertainment industry? Well, I live in drag full time, so pretty much um, <laughs> the difference is casual windy to glamorous windy. I don't know. I mean, I just think you look great up there, by the way. Well, thank you. I think it's more of the interaction and, and emceeing and having fun with people. I'm very much so an insult MC. I tell if you're going to get offended, you probably shouldn't come to the beginning of my show because that's what we do. We, I mean, I'm going to offend you whether you're gay or straight. That, that's just part of it. I mean, if you can't laugh at yourself, my parents especially have always said, like, I don't understand how how you could do that. Well, I've never had a choice. It was either being happy or committing suicide at a, at a young age because I didn't feel that Shane was the person I should have been. So you learn to make fun of the situation. Like there's funny moments in my life. And even as a straight person, I mean, you're going to find things in your life that you look back and think, oh my gosh, that's funny. So the bar is a good place. It's almost like therapy. It really is like a good therapy session for me. And we have a good time. And that's the rewarding aspect of it. Um, entertaining is part of my blood. I've been doing it for so long. I can imagine not being able to, as I get older, it 
it's a little harder because I want to be in bed at 12, not in high heels, standing on a stage. Absolutely. You know, emceeing to a crowd for the next three hours. What you said about being positive and looking at life from a positive perspective, I absolutely love that. That's something that I always hold as one of my North Stars is no matter what happens, no matter how difficult life may get, there's always a solution. And it may not be right in front of you at that time, but staying positive and keep trucking, that's the way to get through life. For anyone listening who hasn't been to Club Temptation or any other LGBT bar, are straight people welcome at drag shows? And what should they expect? Well, that's the majority of our business now. Thanks to shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, it's really opened up to the community of people coming out to see the shows and stuff. My bar, even though, again, that it's an LGBT bar, it's just Temptations. It's a bar welcome to anyone. I just ask that when you come in, you have an open mind. I always tell the gentlemen that come in, if you get hit on by someone in the bar, take that as a compliment that you're not ugly. You should feel good about that. Like, why would you be mad someone thought you were attractive? So prance around there, get those free drinks, use your looks for something, and then go home to your wife or your husband and be like, oh, that was, you know, we had a good time. I've had it for five years. We've had one bad experience with someone coming in and, you know, freaking out because it was just overwhelming. But you're not going to walk in and it's not going to be a porn video. There's not going to be naked people. People are not hitting on you. They're just there to have a good time themselves. It's more of a sit down atmosphere. You come in, find a table, sit down, order your little bar snack, get yourself a drink, watch the show. If you have a buddy and you don't want to watch the show, go play pool, let your wife have a good time and then go home. It's really not like going to get a physical. You're just there to drink and have a good time. Like I said, we had a great time. It's so professionally done. I mean, you've done absolutely an excellent job. You work diligently in your community to show representation and diversity. How can someone like me, a straight, cisgender, white male, support the LGBT community as a whole and be a better ally? Well, I guess the first thing is finding causes in the community and supporting them because businesses like myself are not going to stay open unless we have everyone supporting it. So when you're not doing anything and you have the choice to go to the local bar and have a drink and you have the choice to come to Temptations, then do that. But I guess the main thing is an open dialogue with your friends. We're really bad in the community, especially with my, I noticed with working outside of the bar, we're really, we laugh off a lot of things. Like one of our buddies or one of our friends will say something that's probably not right and we just laugh it off and now we're at an age where we should be able to say oh come on like don't do that you know or or don't say that i just think it's education and that's not going to change i mean it's got better and it's going to continue to get better as we open our minds to things but having open conversations especially with your children are extremely important so if you have children introducing them and and making them aware that there's things that are different sure people that are different than you whether it's lgbt or people of color or different different religions. I think it's important, which is why I find that one of the new Tennessee laws is about restricting education when it comes to parts of history, when it comes to LGBT people. And I think even down to racism and stuff like that, it's so sad that we want to restrict our young minds. We're not trying to indoctrinate anything, but let them know. Because when I went to college and I tell this story, especially to the younger kids that I mentor, when I went to college, I had never seen a person of color until I went to college. It was a culture shock for me. I'll never forget. I was sitting in a dialect class because I, you know, sound very Southern and it was 10 times worse then, but I was sitting in a dialect class, which I failed twice. And these two African-American men came in. I was staring or something. And the guy looked at me and said, what are you staring at? And how do you say, oh, I'm from Eastern Kentucky and I've never seen a person of color. 
my eyes just went down real quick and was just like, oh my God. And again, I mean, obviously I'd seen people of color on television, but it's different. And even when it came to gay people, that was such a taboo word. So when I met my first openly out person, I was just in total culture shock. And even religion, Catholicism or Buddhism or anything like that was not something that was in Eastern Kentucky that I was around. So I think it's important that we just give our children options. I mean, I'm not saying take them to a drag show or take them to Black Lives Matter parade, just like giving them the tools to feel it's okay to learn more and then just moving on and restricting that just makes it taboo, which makes kids want to learn about it even more. Right. You got to give them an open mind, Yeah, you know, and let them learn what the entire world, not just the microcosm of where they grow up. That's something when I moved to America, I had a similar experience because I moved from Russia to Atlanta and um, the demographics are obviously very different and the culture is extremely different. And my parents, they said, you know, look, you're just going to have to go out there and figure it out. And I mean, we can't speak the language. You're going to have to learn the language, learn the culture. We can only help you so far. So I just had to be like a sponge and absorb everything. And the fact is, I met so many interesting people from all different backgrounds and just as a child and was able to kind of grow up with an open mind. And so now when I communicate with people, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what color you are, what your sexual orientation may be, you're a person just like everybody else. And so it sometimes kind of hurts me a little bit. I feel sorry for the people that are too close-minded to think outside the box. It's hard for me to envision living life that way. And there are a lot of people that live life that way. And I just think, gosh, the world is going to pass you by and you're going to be left angry and confused, disgruntled. But it's a generation thing. When I go home, I look, it's literally generations of racism. They're teaching their children the same things. I'm watching people that I graduated with high school teach their children the exact same things. So those people will never change. And it's sad. But luckily for every group of five, there's going to be two that are more open to it. And I think if we continue the path that we're on is having those discussions as long as our own communities don't set us back. And that's, again, another whole topic. How much progressive movement do we want to shove down people's throats before we start taking ourselves back a little bit? I mentioned earlier, you were recently appointed a commissioner of the Putnam County Board of Elections. Congratulations, by the way, because that is pretty dope. I love that. So that's such an incredible accomplishment. What's your experience been like thus far? And what do you hope to accomplish in this position? I'm part of the Putnam County Democrats. And so if there's anyone listening that's not been involved with it, it would be very nice to have them involved. We do need more representation. And so any people of color, please, please, please come out. And we're doing virtual meetings. We actually have one tonight at six o'clock. We do them on Zoom and you'll get to know what's going on and the things that we're talking about. And you can go to the Putnam County Democratic Party page on Facebook and find out what's going on. So when I got involved, I noticed that a lot of the younger kids that work with me or come to the bar were not registered, not identifying with policy ticks which is mind-boggling to me because without them voting and making their voices heard, we're never going to get any representation in government, especially in Tennessee, where we have a super majority. They can complain about the things that are happening to them, but if you're not registered to vote or even voicing your opinion or finding what's going on in your own community, not nationally, I'm talking about primaries and electing those individuals, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. The position was coming available, and the Putnam County Democrats are really about holding accountable of representation when it comes to females and males and people of color. We, we need that, not because we have to do it, but we need it. 
the ladies in the group and got together and they were like, Wendy, would you be interested? And I was like, um, sure. So I did some research and found out that it's very important because we need to have people here making sure that our elections and we've had an amazing representative that left after 27 years in the position who's made sure that election process here in Putnam County is not only fair, but a good representation for Democrats, Republicans and everyone. So I accepted it and, and we're only getting started with that. But I guess my main objective is diversity. I worked as a judge at the last election, the presidential election, and I noticed that around the places, the representation were white people. So can you imagine if you're a person of color and you go in to vote, wouldn't you feel like alienated? Yes. Are there people here that, you know, are going to make sure that my vote counts? Um, Are there people here that are going to stand up for people like me? So we need people that will fight for that. And I think in order for Democrats to win, I'm not a belief that everything has to be minority based, but I believe that that's the formula that's working. We need people of color and women voting in Putnam County. Otherwise, it will continue to be Republican. They will will continue to have the supermajority and nothing will change. So having a trans woman sitting on the panel next to a gentleman, Amos Powers, who is the head of the party here in Putnam County, it just seemed like a good force of two people to be together because he's highly intellectual about the political process. And then I have a big mouth. You know, I own a bar, a makeup company. I've been performing for 25 years. I have a good following on social media. So why not use us to try to bring it? And I don't think most Democrats in this area even feel like we have a party here. So why not get Republicans and Democrats and independents and people with no affiliation to come out to these meetings and be a part of it? We have our meeting. It's open to the public once a month. The next meeting is the 19th at 8.30 a.m. at the elections office behind the health department. So people should come and just listen to what's going on. You know, we have our meetings to start at 8.30. It's open to the public. People can come in, especially closer to primary elections, which we have coming up in 2022. Just Google Putnam County, Tennessee elections. There's a whole website dedicated to the primaries that are coming up, the people that are in charge, and hold those people accountable, even the commissioners, because we're the people that are making sure that your election process is fair here in Putnam County. Absolutely. I agree with you 100%, Wendy. Thank you so much for taking a moment to talk with us. You're truly an inspiration, and having conversations like these are exactly why I started this podcast. So every day, we have an opportunity to learn and grow together, and seeing the success of women like you inspires us all. We always like to end the show on a high note. Who is someone that makes you better when you're together. The person that has motivated me in life as a whole has been Hillary Clinton. She's my ultimate. I know some people probably slamming their, wow, here she is again. (laughs) But that's like the person that I strive when it comes to being a good forcing. But I just had my 47th birthday show and it was overwhelming, the support, not just from the LGBT community, but from the entire community. We were sold out, standing room only. And at that point, to feel that energy and those good vibes from people, it makes you a better person. It really reinforces why I have the bar. I often sit back and watch my security cameras and you see people that you would never expect mingling and meeting and they're enjoying themselves and having conversations. But when you see people like that, it really does lift you. Putnam County as a whole has been an amazing experience for me. It's home for me now. The people here truly have given me a lifestyle, able to put a roof over my head and do the things that I need to do. 
and I take it serious and I take it as a badge of honor to be able to educate those individuals when they meet me that I'm just this Southern person from next door who just happened again to be born male and changed it. So I guess it would just be the community around me at that bar. The thing, because when you can go every weekend into a bar and you have people of every denomination, people of every ethnicity, religious type, affiliation, gender, sexuality, just having a good time, that energy is truly what makes it like, okay, I can do this another weekend. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Better Together with Costa Yepafonsiv. If you enjoyed listening and you want to hear more, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Leave us a review, or better yet, share this episode with a friend. Writing and production by Morgan Franklin. Want to find out more about Costa? Visit us at costayepafonsiv.com. We're better together.